Our God has been so wild lately. He doesn't seem to listen, he doesn't obey my commands, and we can't even bribe him with trees. He's gotten so out of hand, he may even have to be put down. God is not the problem here. The problem is the people who want to be the leader of the pack. We reintroduce God. We retrain people. You're listening to The God Whispers. Welcome to The God Whispers. I'm Craig D'Onofrio. And I'm Bill Swirla. Today we have a special guest, a very special guest who is <laughs> going to be with us from... Oh, here we go. There he is. Yes. Jeff Schwarz is with us. And welcome to the new year. Hey, he, he comes with background music. Jeff, are you there? I am here. Great to be with you guys. Nice. Got a little Dino going here. I, li- I like your cover music, Jeff. It's good. We're, we're going we're gonna to use that. <laughs> You're one sexy you man. You, you can't go wrong with that, my friends. How you boys doing? Blessed epiphany to you. Oh, hey, happy new year and blessed uh, 14th day of Christmas. I'm still going strong. I- I've decided to double it this year, and I'm celebrating the full 24 days of Christmas. Doubling up on Christmas. I'm doubling up on Christmas. The tree's still up in church, poinsettias all over the place. They're going to be up there on Sunday. Have you noticed our tree's still up around here, too? I'm leaving it until somebody... But he notices and takes it down. I'm looking for initiative, baby. <laughs> what did Denofrio get you for uh, Christmas this year? Uh, oh, he got me a nice gift. Um, he, he got me a um, a disappearing rights mug. Uh, the, this, this is a mug with, with, with uh, the Bill of Rights on it. And when you fill it up with a hot beverage... Uh, the rights fade away. They, they start to disappear. They, they, they just kind of fade away. And, and that's how it feels, especially during a TSA scan. It was either that or else <laughs> a slab of bacon. Oh, yeah. Which, <laughs> oh, I have a slab of bacon for you from you, a listener. You do? I got two slabs of bacon over Holy the holidays. Smokes. So, so uh, literally. <laughs> and, and Bill do, gave do guests, me. Do guests get complimentary packages of bacon? They, or not? Uh, they, uh, do guests? No, no. They send us gifts. That's right. Oh, I see. It's like the Magi. Well, <laughs> well, we must not have any listeners because we don't get any gifts and issues, etc. We get showered with gifts. And, and I, just, I just gave Craig a gift here a, a Jerry's Dog gift card. So, guess who's buying lunch today? Lunch is on him. <laughs> <laughs> it works beautifully. A little bit of housekeeping before we get going. Craig, the phone number. The phone number is area code 626-593-7713 or Manly Doctors 13. The Manly Doctors Email, of Divinity. Uh, do all that stuff. Uh, Godwhispers at gmail.com. The Mothership, godwhispers.com or .org. Twitter, Facebook, wherever you, I mean, no matter where you go, you cannot hide. We are there. That is true. Yes. Jeff. Yeah. Jeff, good, good. You are you are the the silent partner. Well, <laughs> silent's not really the right word. Producer extraordinaire. Produ- what, what what's your actual title in the the operation of issues, etc.? How about uh, just producer? Producer, not not, exe- not executive producer. Well, if I'm trying to get a really big guest, I put on my title executive producer. Like when I'm trying to get Joel Osteen on the show, I put I, put, I do put the executive in front of it to make it thing like this is a real big operation. Ah, yeah. Uh, see, this explains yeah. why when when I get an email, it's can you go on at two thirty, Jeff? <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Well, the, hey, speaking of Osteen, did I ever tell you guys the story? We all we had him booked for the show once. No, you had Joel Osteen. Yeah. Had him booked on one of his books that came out. I don't know if it's your best life now or something like that. And uh, but dummy me, 
scheduled Dr. Larry Rass of the Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne Seminary, to come on and review the book, oh. <laughs> playing audio excerpts before we had the Osteen interview. Oh, Oops. see, that, that's, a, that's a limiting move right there. Stupid, stupid. And it was on the nationally syndicated Sunday night version. Publicist hears it. They get the message on, on Monday. Joe will no longer be available for your, your recorded interview <laughs> it's, with you. It's a trap. <laughs> no wonder exactly, we exactly. No wonder exactly. we can't get him on. We've tried. We wanted to talk about bacon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's against. Is it, is it just bacon or all pork? I can't remember. Oh, he's, all oh, pork. He's, he's, a, he's he's gone whole Levitical on us. Check, I mean, check this one out. We're Jeff. talking. Hey, wait, wait, wait. We're talking bottom feeders as well. So you know, your bacon wrapped scallop, boy, that's oh, perdition that's right there, stuff. baby. That is so good. But but this guy, this guy, I got a bone to pick with him. This guy says that because the food sits in the pig for only like, uh, what do you say, four hours or something like that, versus the 20 whatever hours it sits in a cow, that the pig therefore absorbs more toxins and that sort of thing. I'm sorry, but does it make sense to you, Jeff, that if food sits in something for a longer period of time, it's going to absorb more toxins? I'm No. Okay, so so we, you know we, we no. well yeah he does have argue, your professional he, opinion on he, this and and you really have no clue what he, I was he talking argues, about. He so argues that that pigs eat their their young, but the oh. all animals eat their young. I mean, fish eat their young. You can't stop fish from eating their young. If 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 fry don't hide, they're toast. I mean, I, I he's an expert in what animal biology. There's a term for that. What is uh, that? Yeah, yeah, he probably learned his biology, zoology. It would be, uh, yeah, about the same place he learned his Bible <laughs> online. Man, those, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know those online courses were available. It's Art Bell. He, he learned it all from Art uh, Bell. All right, we've done. Yes. We're done insulting Osteen. Check that off the list all for right. 2011. Osteen uh, okay. insulted. Next. Hey Jeff, talk to us about uh, Christian broadcasting media. Internet, things like that. You guys are at the cutting edge, the bleeding edge, the leading edge. What's happening? Well, I mean, I think one of the problems, and there's been surveys on this, I don't know if it's a problem, but most Christian radio listeners, and I'm talking about terrestrial radio, okay, not Internet. Wait a minute. Other planets? Yes, other planets. Other planets. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So the problem you have is it's it's an aging, graying demographic. It's 65, Hey, 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 careful about that aging and graying. That's true. That's true. Although Craig looks pretty good. Craig, you've been working out for uh, years. I, you know, I, I eat lots of bacon, and uh, I get off the sofa at least three times a day, so that's good. I, I've watched those videos of you in the pulpit, and I, I thought it looked like you lost a few pounds. Oh, Am yeah. Wrong? Yeah. I'm, well, you, you know me from my the height of my obesity out in St. Louis. I'm down probably about uh, 60, 70 pounds. From yeah, there. Plus, plus white's a good color for him. No, white, yeah, white but, never but I always thought TV like adds weight to you. Uh, you didn't. Albs are slimming. <laughs> well, that, Jeff, you, you see, that's why we only use one camera because the camera adds ten pounds. You, you, you'll so know, you'll know when you, you'll, you'll know when he's firmed up the abs when he actually tries to pull a cincture around his waist again. Oh, don't get crazy. <laughs> Is it is it is it key where you position that camera to, or does that make a difference? No, actually, it's a terrible position. It's shooting up at me, so it accentuates oh, yeah. my, oh, yeah. my no, nose hair and yeah. all the rest. Yeah. Back to Christian radio. Yeah. The, so, so your typical Christian radio station in your area, it's a it's a, a female listener that's sixty five to seventy plus. So the problem is, is that you know nobody wants to advertise with that demographic. 
you know, that's just the reality of the situation. And so Christian radio stations are getting by, as they have in the past for the most part, not from commercial advertising, but from Chuck Swindoll and Charles Stanley and people buying blocks of, of airtime. Um, but the, the reality is is that, you know, that demographic is, is dwindling, and terrestrial radio for, you know, suffering in general, but in particularly in the Christian radio being an, an old, older demographic like that, so, you know, there's, there's, I'm not real optimistic about, uh, I, I do think terrestrial radio, we're going to talk about that 10 years from now, the way we talk about newspapers, not just Christian radio, but I think Christian radio will probably suffer even before secular, uh, you know, terrestrial radio will. And, um, you know, it's, it's just a reality. And then another reality is that it's predominantly female hmm. audience. And I think, you know, one of the things that, uh, we've always tried to do is is target male listeners, and you know uh, I don't know what your what's what's the target demographic for God Whispers? <laughs> uh, <laughs> bacon it, eaters. Craig's wife, or what is it? <laughs> we we never really thought about it. <laughs> we, are we, but, are but, we supposed to have a target? I, I, do we have listeners? That's really the bigger the question. question. <laughs> you know, we, this is, <laughs> there, the, there's the, uh, there's but we've always, we've always said why don't we have a niche and target men? You know, crazy thought. And I remember when Promise Keepers was big, this was back in the days when Don Matzett was hosting issues, et cetera, and we'd have these uh, women call in. It's like, yeah, we know it's bad theology, but my husband's, you know, stroking my hair now and, and listening to me and, and making eye contact with me. And, and so they really didn't care. So it was pretty clear that the women were going to follow whatever the, the men went. Um, and so, uh, so you know, we've, we've, what we've tried to do with issues, et cetera, is, is target a male listener. Um, and I know, you know, our good friend Chris Rose, we're at Pirate Christian Radio, is, is doing the, the exact same thing just because so much of the Christian radio market, uh, at least 60%, if not higher, depending on the survey, are, are dominated by female listeners. Well, the, give, given the calls and the emails that we get, I would say that we're predominantly uh, male and uh, some of them are literate, which is good. <laughs> Geeks. <laughs> Except the ones that are Lutheran pastors. Uh, well, yeah. <clears throat> that goes back to eating their young. <laughs> so <Yeah>. that <laughs> we've made full circle. Yeah, you know, I, I have show. noticed, uh, and I don't know if you notice this with issues, et cetera, though, that uh, like on, say, Chris's uh, Facebook site or, or his websites and that, when you look at the comment stream or you look at who's participating, there is a, a large, there seems to be a large volume of, of female listeners um but they they seem to be uh first of all very well read um very very um uh assertive in their confession uh and right. they seem to they seem to resonate with that message too so it's not really a male female thing i think if, perhaps if, whoa i like that that's that's i didn't even do that we push the buttons on this end jeff you leave the buttons alone <laughs> no that's that's our that's our high-tech call waiting system oh, oh well we're jamming things <laughs> But uh, but it, it seems that 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 certainly doesn't exclude the the actively participating female listener. Is my point? No, no. I think about the our Facebook fan page too tends to have a lot more. I think female, but Facebook, the social networking site, for the most part, right now tends to be more of a female phenomena uh, than a male-driven phenomena. So, what about the internet then? And and uh, and in terms, the internet as as broadcast medium, and uh, the internet as as kind of the medium to to do the kind of work you guys are doing. What what what? How's that shaping up? 
Well, it's it's exciting. I mean, it just you know you you guys know this. You can produce things cheaper. I mean, we always said if you canceled issues, etc., ten years before it happened. Uh, I mean, our expenses to do something like we do now would have would have been ex- very very high. Um, and so the the internet is just it's just amazing how you, you've opened up really a, a worldwide audience. And, uh, you know, one of the great things about the Internet, as you're well aware, is, is people don't have to be at a radio or at their PC or at their Mac listening live. They can download it and uh, listen to what they want when they want to listen to it. And they basically become their own program director. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm, I'm uh, amazed when, when I look, uh, just kind of survey the things that come up on iTunes, the amount of streaming stuff that's on. You know, I can select all kinds of stuff to listen to. And, uh, uh, you know, and so I'm almost I'm completely independent of broadcast. I can just kind of dial into whatever I whatever I want, whatever kind of music or talk or anything that I want. And uh, and, you know, self-select right right off of that thing anytime I want it. Well, you know, it's funny. I'm reading from the board of directors minutes from the last uh, board of directors meeting of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. You still I mean, they're, they're, you still reading those, Jeff? Yeah, unfortunately. You know, once you get fired by them, you kind of become consumed with them. Dude, come on, step away from the minutes, man. I know, I know, I know. You know, you know, I'm terrible. We serve on the board for the Great Lutheran Youth Organization. Hire things together. Oh, finest, you, finest. I don't Lutheran even read those organization. meeting minutes. Yeah, I know that. Being president, Wait, I'm, what I'm, is, I'm what totally is, aware of your your preparation for board meetings. What, what is this higher things? The thing finest, that the you're finest Lutheran about. Youth Organization on the face. <laughs> of the planet. Do they have a website? Yes, higherthings.org, man. That's that's where it's happening. <laughs> HT Radio, speaking of, speaking of media, you know, there's another one. Is, is HT Radio, a podcast by George Borgart. Yeah, we need to talk to him about audio quality, though. <laughs> work on that. But anyway, you were perusing the minutes. What, well, yeah, what, so, what so it appears that LCMS Inc. is finally getting it. you got to realize, we were at KFUO telling these people that the future of KFUO is the Internet. Okay, Todd, Pastor Wilkin, the host of Issues, etc., I were telling these people this. Same people are still there at the head of communications and at the head of KFUO, and they looked at us like, you know, we were from another planet. But here's a quote. In large part, the future of radio will be the Internet. Oh, yeah. With KFUO and the Citadel enjoying an enviable position, giving its world-class music library, its, its existing website, its nationally respected name, and its experience ability to do a job of streaming classical and sacred music. So... So it, it took them a couple of years, and, it, and they did have to fire us. Um, but uh, they, they, they now come around that the future of radio, that's a direct quote, in large part, the future of radio will be the Internet. See, you, well, you taught them that. This, this goes yeah, back. at a costly price, but yes. This yeah. goes back, and it's but, not even a theory anymore. It's just a fact that the Missouri Senate is 10 years behind everything else. Well, well, we, hear, we have yeah. now hit the 2000s. I, I, I hear they're trying to corner the market on Nehru jackets at the moment. <laughs> you know, <there's>, <laughs> maybe we should all get fezes to wear around the with, next convention. With large, with large hubcap-sized medallions, you know. I mean, it's... <laughs> It was a great it was a great look back in the seventies. But but well that's I mean that's kind of typical of Lutheranism though, isn't it? To be kind of about fifteen years behind the eight ball there and just, just Well, uh, yeah, but now you're talking a whole nother case. You're making the case that so much of what's being done at the headquarters of the LCMS is being duplicated, being done more efficiently uh outside than it is inside the building, much to the chagrin of many of those inside the building. I'm just glad uh, that the mailings that I get from them aren't run off on the mimeograph machine anymore <laughs> with that blue ink, you know, that's, 
but but okay, admit it. You miss the smell, don't you? The smell. Oh, the, I do. The, 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 the smell of a mimeograph copy. You know, kids today, what they would do with that yeah, is not, not good. No, is not good. No. But but uh, man, that, that was there was nothing better than a fresh copy off the mimeo. Stinky. <laughs> But yeah, well, you know, the the thing is, um, it, you see this also in politics too. I, I think church and politics, the, the the church and state, the two kingdoms, they always kind of operate in parallel, don't they? And, and oh, absolutely. And the whole Tea Party movement and everything else—that's that's largely an internet-driven phenomenon as well. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. It's what uh, actually Todd Wilkins said this on the air a couple weeks ago, but. What what these institutes have to realize, they no longer control communication. Yeah, information is kind of unleashed. It's 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 been unbound for good and bad alike. Exactly, exactly. As you said, there's good and there's bad. Um, but but uh, I, I think that's what uh, a lot of these people are going to have to learn, and that's why there has to be more, greater transparency and more accountability from whether it's a church institution or a government institution, because the days of uh, the uh, smoke-filled back rooms are over with the advent of the Internet. I think political parties have recognized that. They cannot control the agenda top-down. It's, it's, it's much more of a bottom-up phenomenon now. And you, like you say, you can't stop it. You, you, can, only, right, you exactly. can only take note of it, and you can utilize it. You can surf the wave, but you can't, you can't control it. Hey, guys. Um, do you mind if I eat on while well, during the interview? Craig Feichinger, our board operator and director of business operations, just brought in pizza. <laughs> is there bacon on it? What's that like? What's the topic? What's kind of God Whispers bylaw? There, there are no laws of the God Whispers. We're, we're, <laughs> That's this, why this, I love you. This is antinomian at its best. Uh, <laughs> now, I mean, what's the topping? That, that, that'll determine whether you can the eat it or not. Uh, I think we've got one with <laughs> the, one pepperoni and sausage, one uh, sausage. I'm sure pork sausage. Oh, and uh, one's got some mushrooms and pepperoni. Or I, I'm fine with any of those. As, as long as Osteen would not approve of can, it, can you, I do. As long as you send over a couple of slices, we're good with that. Because I'm, I'm. Yeah, good. but Bill, aren't you like you're from Chicago? I mean, it's not Chicago pizza. I mean, come That's on. What, hey, I'm ecumenical when it comes to pizza. You know, when I'm not in <laughs> Chicago, I, any port in a storm there, and and uh, I'm, I, I love my pizza. Ooh, port. Maybe we should open a bottle. Good idea. It's did only. You get, have you? Did you get to make it home for the holidays at all, Bill? Uh, me, I never make it home for the holidays. Yeah. You know, I had an interesting thought this year because all like, like half my parishioners are just gone during Christmas. Like the church is vacated. And so I looked at my wife and I said, you know, next year, why don't we go away for Christmas? <laughs> Good luck finding a substitute. And, and see who notices. You know, we'll just, we'll, we'll, put the, we'll put the plane on autopilot and we'll just kind of go off. You leave Jason in charge. Yeah. That'll you know work. what you could do? You just, you just get a video screen and project Craig's preaching, D'Onofrio's well, preaching. Well, there you go. Yeah. It'll be a satellite, you know? a satellite congregation. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Make, make the one Craig's congregation and you just be a satellite congregation of Craig. You know, th- that's what Warren has going on out here is is they've got all these satellite congregations and they have the praise band and all the rest but then when sermon time comes they actually beam in rick oh yeah oh yeah yeah the, you this, know but that's not just evangelicalism i've got there's a local lcms church uh across the river in in the st louis area that is starting satellite churches they've got one i live across the river in edwardsville illinois in a in a local school gymnasium and they send their service be, beaming up via satellite or the internet. I don't know what they do, 
And uh, but man, think of the cost savings. Why don't you, you just stay home and watch I it mean, on the internet? Now this now this is this is across district lines, isn't it? Yes, yes. This goes to the Missouri about... district of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, into <laughs> beaming congregations, so-called congregations, into the southern Illinois district of the Lutheran Church, well, Missouri Synod. They should. But man, I mean, think of the overhead. What? You just got to rent that building. This is another. And you know, you get a hundred people there. I mean, that's that's a great way to raise money. This is another great example, though. I mean, I'm not sure it's it's a good thing, but it's a great example of technology, communications, everything else, kind of uh, changing the rules or just just running roughshod over the rules. I mean, in former times, that's that's just that's flagged any number of ways. That's offsides, illegal procedure. You know, you name it. Uh, for a congregation to step across district lines and start uh, start something on their own well, initiative, that's, you just, you just, didn't you just do that. petition for admission to one of the non-geographical districts. <laughs> yeah, well, that's your you that's go English your, uh, or, or Slovak. Yeah, I've heard the same uh, in Colorado and Fort Collins. Some uh, some congregations doing that too, and and just just starting satellite uh, satellite operations. And uh, I, I thought Craig was bishop of this non-geographical district of the Lutheran Church, Missouri. <laughs> I invented my own, the Lutheran Church well, Craig Synod. It's a new thing that. We should call it a virtual district. You know, we we have oh, there you go. We have two non-geographic districts: the English and the Slovak. But but now the new thing will be a virtual district. I like it. The VLD. Uh, see right here. See, the, if you have good acronyms, it, the, the, it goes along. The way. manly doctors have conceived of yet another concept, live and on the air. It's amazing. Sometimes we amaze ourselves here. You, you, uh, Jeff, uh, in in the in the whole realm, you, you, you guys are are cutting edge when it comes to the issues that are at the forefront of Christianity, and and that um, I mean that's the, the whole basis of your show is you get these timely people on. What's what in your estimation is the 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 top or was the top social issue for Christians in 2010? Oh, boy, that's a great question. Um, the, uh, I mean, as, as we closed the year, uh, I mean, Islam still is just a huge story. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we just had Robert Spencer Jihad watch on yesterday and the attacks on Christians in Egypt and Pakistan, Iraq and Nigeria. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, Islam, to me, from a religious perspective, Islam's been the biggest story really since 2001 for the most part and uh you know is it a religion of peace and and you know you've had republican presidents say that like president bush and democratic presidents like president obama say it so i mean i i think you know you can't go wrong and and uh on the whole issue of you know islam and its role in society and culture and in the world so i think that's that's a uh, that's an issue that's that continues to be big and isn't isn't going away Unfortunately, yeah, I, I would agree. I, I think the stuff going on in Egypt and that you know, I have an Egyptian veterinarian who's Coptic Christian, and and so I always get an earful every time I bring one of the cats in. You know, cause I, 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 you know, I get a combination of veterinary services and and the Middle Eastern perspective of Christian Muslim relations, and he's always got his finger just jammed into my chest. And and you know, you know the Middle Easterners have a kind of a different sense of space. You know, he's just right in my face uh, talking about. But, you know, he made a comment. He says, as a Christian, he has lived under. Uh, he's lived when the Jews were in charge. He was lived when the Muslims were in charge, and he says he 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 would he would live under Jewish government any day as a mm. as a Christian. And I read that in the paper uh, just just this morning that uh, that uh, the the one place in the Middle East where Christians the Christian church is thriving is Israel. Really? Yeah, I did not know that. Really? Yes. So I have a friend who married into a Coptic family, 
And she's always defending Muslims. And I can't, she's for the life of crazy. me, I can't understand Oh, I it. should turn her loose, uh, to turn my vet <laughs> loose. Meet Bill's on, vet. Oh, my word. I, I, I just, I'll just pop popcorn and just sit in the bleachers and watch this discussion. Because I'll... I'll Toss up a story on uh, Facebook. Why are you always picking on the poor Muslims? Well, you know they're nice people. They, <laughs> well, I mean, they, some of them may be nice people. Yeah. That is not a nice religion. No, and and uh, we have to square up to that. I, I agree. This is we we have not really come to full terms with with the nature of of the religion and its ambitions for world government and uh, and and you know to establish itself as the dominant religion and and that. Hey, uh, what, what about the what about the uh, um, the 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 the, usual, the tw- Twins that that always tag with Christian, although they're not strictly Christian causes, but but abortion and gay marriage. Yeah, gay marriage. I mean, you guys know it full well out there. What's going to happen with the uh, top eight on a federal level? Um, you, and, you think uh, that thing's a, you think you think that's a dead horse at this point, politically speaking? I, I think. I mean, we're going to see this before the Supreme Court. I don't, I don't think eventually. Um, maybe you know. Uh, well, They'll have to no, make it a federal issue say? first. I mean, that, that's the, that's one of the problems. Is not problems. I mean, marriage is a state governed thing. They're going to have to make it a federal case before the Supreme Court can can really take a peek at that. Right, right. So, I mean, that's that's not going away. Uh, I don't think you're going to see too much on the abortion front uh, because of the, uh, um, the you know there's certainly not a pro life majority in both uh, branches of Congress. Um, the uh, uh, so I don't see a lot of things there. I mean, you're going to see battle for a Supreme Court nominee, uh, possibly here. Um, you know, replacing a Supreme Court, one of the older justices, and so that's going to be a big battle because the, the, the next Supreme Court justice is going to be huge, Jeff. Uh, because we, it's going to determine the, the the whole tipping of the balance as far as Roe v. Wade. Yeah, right, right. That's going to be a tip the tip point. We, we and I mean, the only... don't ask, don't tell thing, how that plays out. Well, we've heard <laughs> oh. from a lot of chaplains that yeah. listen to our show, and they're very concerned. Mil- well, military well, chaplaincy is going to be a, a real difficult with that. We, we have a little over two and a half minutes left. Now, I uh, want to get to one question it. here. You, you deal with a lot of different Lutheran pastors and theologians, and w- what do you see coming up as the greatest challenge for the Lutheran Church? Well, that's a great question. It's funny. I serve in this uh, this this big shot organization called the Commission on Theology and Church Relations for the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. And Bill knows I, I have problems keeping my mouth shut in board meetings. And um, <laughs> even though you're not so, prepared, <laughs> so we're 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 uh, I, I bring up that there's a preaching and teaching crisis in mm. the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. And I brought this up because this you know synodicrats like to talk about we need to repent. We need to repent. Well, okay, that's fine, but repent of what? And typically, synodocrats, the repentance is the Eighth Commandment. Don't say anything bad about the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. You know, uh, they like that one. Um, but, you know, there are other commandments, too. And um, so, so, you know, so I get, I, I get on my—I said, I think there's a preaching and teaching crisis in the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. And they look at me, oh, my, you know, what, you know what's this, you know, loose cannon going to say now, you know? And, uh, and, and, and I said, look, you know, we, we look at a lot of, uh, you know, evangelical sermons like Joel Osteen and things like that or John Hagee, but we also evaluate the LCMS sermons. And I think you have, you have two kinds of preaching going on um, and very little law in all of its wrath and fury and sweetness of the gospel. You have a, a, the pop evangelical uh, gum people to death with the law. Uh, don't crush them, but you just gum them to death over time. 
or you have the, the preaching of the law, the little engine that could, I think I can, I think I can, and, oh, if you fall short, Jesus died to save you from your sins. You got that. But then you also have kind of a generic law, Christ died for your sins, um, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, and uh, But a beautiful Christology, um, but no specific law being preached. So I think, so I suggested to, uh, to the people there, um, you know, if we really want to talk about repentance, why don't we put up our, like pulpit resources uh, and Bible study materials for nine weeks where the Synod at large goes through uh, the Ten Commandments, obviously combining the Ninth and Tenth Commandments, and preaching from them, both obviously the Christ's fulfillment of those commandments as well. But if we're going to call everybody repentance, let's... Let's let's give them the law the way the scriptures give us the law. Jeff, we're, we're... Well, I think the, I think the biggest issue is a preaching and teaching crisis uh, in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. We're out of time. Can you hold on and uh, stay with us for a little bit more on the other side? Sure. sure All right. Okay. We'll be right back after this. Well, you tempt me, darling, and you torture me. Loving you like frying bacon naked. And that's how I feel when you get through with me. Lord, you think I'd know. You think I'd learn. A man falls in love. A man's gonna get burned. But all I asked from you is this solemn pledge. Welcome back to the God Whispers. I'm Craig D'Onofrio. And I'm Bill Swirla. If we had a million dollars, we'd give it to Issues Etc. I'd, I'd buy you a green dress, but not a real green dress. That's cruel. <laughs> I love this song. We, we were just talking on the break about fundraising and all that good stuff. And so I, I thought that this was appropriate that... Uh, if I had a million dollars, I'd give it to Jeff. This song makes me happy. <laughs> We're talking Jeff Schwartz, the producer of Issues Etc., the finest, <laughs> second finest Christian program well, on the face of the I earth. I echo that, by the, the way. They're the, they're the finest uh, um, interview talk well, let, let's put it this way. They are the finest professional. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you guys do truly rock. Um, and and you, you've made this huge, I think, contribution to not only Lutheran awareness, uh, but, but also just bringing to light uh, the, the major Christian issues and discussing them you know, from a Lutheran perspective. It's invaluable. Look, folks, here, here's the deal. If Jeff Schwartz and Todd Wilkin did not get canned, we would not be here today. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> we, now, some people might think that's a plus, too. I don't know. But, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, when, we, when, I, when I was fired that day, Pastor Will Whedon, uh, has he ever been on God Whispers, by the way? No, we should get Will on. That's a good idea. Yeah, you should yeah. get him on. Great guest. He's my pastor, by the way. Yeah, he's pretty so he wound up. He came over and, and read the Genesis passage where Joseph t- told his brothers, you meant it for ill, but God meant it for good. And see, the, 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 the emergence of the God whispers That's is right. something that God 
brought good out of something bad. Well, or is this God, <laughs> or God creating uh, we're raw, still, we're still tragedy, waiting. evil? And... God whispers is the tohu abohu, out of which we're hoping God will create something. <laughs> that's, that's formless and void for you non-theological geeks out there. <laughs> uh, Jeff, we're, we're going to play McLaughlin Group here and uh, go with three questions. Uh, biggest loser in the world of religion 2010? What, what do you think? Radio talk show host Glenn Beck. <laughs> nice. Religious loser. Well, no. yeah. Yes, that's, yes because people are starting to realize how really Mormon he is. Yes. And so I, I think, you know, that rally hit in, in uh, D.C. where he, like, made Mormon references, and, and he's starting to do more and more of that on his radio show. By the way, have you listened to him lately? It's all positive now. I don't know if that's because the Republicans are in control of the House or what's going on, but the, he's being really positive in 2011. I don't know. I caught, I, about, uh, I caught about five minutes of his show yesterday on Fox, and, and it was still more of the sky is falling. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. Well, maybe the TV show hasn't caught up with the radio show yet. Hard or, to say. Or uh, I'll tell you what. You know, whoever is his shrink, I mean, you've got to love it. <laughs> I mean, I the first day he comes in, you, you know you got a client for life. That guy's fit to retire. I, I, heard, I heard a great quote from one of my pastors in my circuit about uh, you know, Mormons running for political office because we were talking about another one. And, and he says, I could never, ever vote for a Mormon. And I said, why not? You know, and I was expecting kind of the usual, you know, uh, you know, God doesn't listen to his prayers or something. But, but he said this very, very insightful. He said, either he's a hypocrite or he's a lunatic. Because, because if you're a Mormon and you, you actually don't believe the stuff that Mormonism teaches, then you're a religious hypocrite. Uh, if you actually believe it, you're crazy. But, but either right, way, right. You're, you're not fit to govern either way. <laughs> so. hi, hi, Todd. By the way, Todd Wilkin just waved to both of you. Hey, hi, Todd. shout out to Todd. <laughs> How's the pizza? They send the regards. Bill and Craig send the regards. Hey, you know, the thing about it is what cracks me up. Do you have anything you want to say to him, Todd? I got nothing to say to you. <laughs> He's bringing nothing today. <laughs> He's, He's just, just mad. He's just mad because we're not interviewing him. So someday we're just <laughs> see we're warming up to Todd. We're starting out low oh, on the totem pole here. We, we were not really. You were really hurting when you got me. We're not worthy. <laughs> yeah, and then I heard you got President Harrison on coming Absolutely. up. Man, you guys are really going the bottom of the yeah, barrel. We're scraping. You know, there's, there's, we've run out of stuff to talk. But about. he's not going to talk. He's just going to play banjo for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. But you know, Glenn Beck, we were really hard on Dan Brown, the Da Vinci Code guy. You know, right? Because this guy, it cracked me up how people took him seriously. He's a former high school English teacher. Okay, and yet he comes across as an, as an expert in theology. Well, he's way more educated history, than Glenn. In art, in archaeology, and he's a high school English teacher. <laughs> and so the same thing about what I wish with, and I listen to a lot of the secular conservative talk radio. I mean, Glenn Beck is a former music DJ, same way with Rush Limbaugh. Well, it's like, but yet they wax eloquently as experts on all these different uh, areas. I just, I just heard back yesterday when I was watching, he said that he received one semester of college. That was his education. Yeah. It's the culture of celebrity, you know. It's, it's, it's where you can have Jessica Lang testifying before Congress on the plight of the farmer's wife because she played one in a movie once. <laughs> You know, right, that, that's, right. that's what's wrong. My, my vote for biggest religious loser is the move to uh, oppose the mosque at, at uh, the 9-11 site. 
You think that's a loser? I think it's a loser. It's a total political loser. It, I was going to say the God Whispers. It, 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 gave, it, it gave the greatest forum you could ever imagine to the deception that, that Islam is, is peaceful and wants to assimilate into American life. I think it generated more sympathy uh, for that than anything else. Total, total misread, uh, unintended consequence. Well, you know, the number, the number one uh, uh, news story from the Religious News Writers Association was the Ground Zero Mosque. You bet. That was their pick. Yeah, I, I think it's a total misfire, and it, 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 it just it paints Christians into that, that, you know, that weirdo religious fanatical uh, corner. I would, uh, I would give a tie to Christopher Hitchens, who has a serious case <laughs> of cancer, and had better listen to his believing brother at right, some point. Right, And we're running out of time. We've only got about eight minutes left. Uh, how about biggest winner of yeah, the year? Yeah, re- religious winner of the year, 2010. What do you think? I'd say uh, Pastor Matt Harrison, the new president of the Church of <laughs> Nice. We'll, we'll tell him that you said that. We are we having on in the next segment. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'd say he's the uh, biggest uh, winner in uh, of, of uh, 2010. Although he has to take over Elsie Miss Inc., so maybe that's not such a big win. Yeah, that's all. that's winner and loser all at the same time. Well, the day he got elected, <laughs> I I I, I uh, posted on his Facebook. Now I can't trust you either. <laughs> <laughs> and he writes back, "Nor can I." <laughs> so, yes, excellent. Um, la- lastly, well, what what was the last question? Biggest loser? Oh, prognostications, predictions. What 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 do you what what do you see coming in the world of religion? in 2011 well you know the 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 fact that we're less than two years away from the next presidential campaign it's going to be the whole quest for the the religious right on the gop side and terry mattingly who's uh writes uh weekly on religion column for scripps hour news service said that uh you're going to see the mainstream media pick up on how the democrats get religion again Ah, in the midterm elections but that they're going to the big story is going to be the Democrats learned from their mistakes, and they're going to get religious. And they're, they're going to be showing up voters. in church on Sunday again. Right. Yeah, right, you got to get right, the got to right. get the photo op where they're coming out and shaking the hands of the female Methodist minister. That's right. Yeah, exactly. That's, that, Maybe that's, Catherine Jefford Shorey. She's she's losing people. Uh, yeah. Well, um, she, there could be this could be a boon for the Anglican or the Episcopal that's Church. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> all, these, all these liberal Democrats looking for a church home. <laughs> nice, Craig. Craig, what are you what are you seeing down the road? Uh, 2011 prediction. I, I'm I'm just curious. Uh, CPAC is coming up in uh, February. Conservative Political Action Committee. And I'm going to be real curious to see how religious the right is this time around now that uh, they've seized some power, if they crank up the God talk or not. I think that that's going to be really interesting. Uh, biggest religious winner of 2011? If we're on the air for another year, it'll be the God Whispers. <laughs> I would have picked that as the, my third runner-up for biggest religious loser. Of the well, year. that was my number one choice for loser also. The, uh, so my, uh, my prediction, 2011, uh, a marked increase in eschatological fervor not unlike Y2K. Yeah, well, you know, Harold Camping's predicted the uh, uh, May, was it May 21st of 2011? Yeah, he's got, right, his, he's yeah. got his chips down on a date. Well, here's, but here's what's weird about who, it. Who is I've this guy it. anyway? The rapture happens in May, okay? But Jesus doesn't come back, and the end of the world isn't until October. Well, yeah, I mean, you always have your front people coming. Yeah, <laughs> 
fuck people are coming. Now, yeah. Jeff, this yeah. has been big yeah. talk around my church, and I really don't know who Camping is. Who is this guy? Oh, he's had a family radio. They own radio stations and translators. They're based out of Oakland, I believe. And he grew up with some kind of reform Presbyterian-type background, um, another guy with no formal theological training, and he just he bought, you know, started buying radio stations and translators all over the country, very big on the coast, uh, the, you know, out there where you're at and also on the East Coast, not huge here in the Midwest. Um, but he was, I think it was 1986, he, he was wrong on that one, too. And Pat Robertson's got some new predictions. Oh, do tell. Uh, for, Good old Pat. Yeah, is he, he, is he, he still he, alive? He always got to listen to 700 Club the first Monday in January. Because that's when you, <laughs> Pat Robertson, during the Christmas break, goes up to the mountaintop and goes one-on-one with God. And then he tells us what God told him. Actual mountain um, or virtual mountain? Uh, yeah, that's, that's a good question. I don't think Pat knows what virtual anything is. <laughs> but, but surprise, the economy is going to collapse. Wow. Wait, 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 wait. Hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Last time I looked at with that one. Last time Pat. I looked at my four hundred one k, the economy <laughs> collapsed about eighteen months ago. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's but a... the believers. They're going to be fine. They're going to be, especially CBN and all of their uh, parachurch entities. They're going to they're going to survive the economic collapse. Their donor base the is going to be for intact. Law justice and, Regent University, they're going to be they're going to be fine. Yeah, their, their donor base will be left intact. I, I have my own prediction about the end of the world, um, and and it will be Easter twenty fifty. Easter twenty fifty. Yep. Why is that? Because that's the last uh, date of Easter in uh, the Lutheran service book. <laughs> Listed. Makes sense to me. So somebody know, somebody over at the International Center knew something, and and it wasn't the liturgy committee that came up who, with this. Who, yeah, who who's in so charge? For, we need to find out who's in charge. Forget of that. that Mayan calendar. LSB's got the last word on this Easter 2050 because there's no date of Easter for for uh, 2051. Well, all so. I can say is whoever is in charge of the calendar, I hope they live in a cave somewhere because that gives them a lot more gravitas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that and a certain aroma. <laughs> Cave living. I'm not suited for it. So, what what are the predictions for issues, et cetera, for 2011? Oh, nice, Jeff? nice question. Well, I mean, all, we always try to get to, like last year. I'd say our big hits were uh, getting Robert Schuler's son on the show, Brian McLaren, the head of the Emergent Church Movement, N.T. Wright. Talk about the new perspective on Paul. You had N.T. Uh, Wright on. Yeah, I guess yeah, start, we had him on. I guess start listening to your show, man. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you understand what he said, let me know. Cause I, <laughs> I listened to it. I was thoroughly confused. Dude, that's the key. That's the key to sounding smart. Say something not even you understand. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. really does it all the time. I, I live by this. <laughs> so, so, you know, the problem is, is that once you get like Joyce Myers or Robert Schuler seniors or Tim LaHaye's on once, you only get one crack at them because then you're, then you're, you're blackballed, blacklisted for the you only get one crack of the apple. So, you know, we're, we're going to try the uh, Osteens and, and uh, maybe the Rob Bells or somebody like that, get people like that on in, uh, in uh, 2011. You kind of hope that after about 18 months they forgot about it. They'll come back because they just can't resist the publicity. <laughs> I'll take uh, Joyce Meyer, you know, the televangelist. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she's based out of St. Louis, and this is when we were at our former employer, KFUO, and and, uh, you know, you only get these people on. It's just like Leno. They only, you know, uh, uh, you know, big shot uh, actor. Nicholas Cage is coming on unless he's got a movie talk. Okay, Nicholas Cage is just, hey, General, uh, Jay, can I come on and just shoot the breeze with you? You know, 
he's got something to push. And that's the same way with the, the big star televangelist. So, so we get Joyce Meyer, but Joyce knows who we are because we're in St. Louis, and we've done lots of shows critical of her. Oh, yeah. But we snuck through the publicity crack. So you literally are on this conference thing where you go from one interview to the other, and then like somebody announces, like, uh, Joyce, your next interview is Issues, et cetera. It's <laughs> 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 like silence. And, like, Todd's like, introduce like, Joyce, welcome to the show. It's like, Thanks, Todd. <laughs> you, you, just, <laughs> you know, the poor gal, you know, had to endure like 15 just, minutes. You just hear in the background, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's like publicity. For publicist, you're, you're fired. So, you know? Speaking, and, uh, speaking so, of. So, uh, anyway, so, yeah, always getting a big name celebrity. It's a great thing about uh, God's Word. There's, you, you know, there's all kinds of show topics and ideas when you open up God's Word. So, uh, and, and remember, the key to doing a show like this, series. Series, because if you do a series, you know that takes care of my job for like five days or ten days. Oh gosh, we we did uh, Law and Gospel for twenty eight weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's we, all about series, my friend. We we live we we live on that. Hey, I have a quick question for you before we before we have to go, and and that is um, the the every it seems like every year there's there's some other piece of really crappy religion that comes down the pike you know some fad uh, the secret the prayer of jabez blah blah uh did anything stand out in 2010 as as being just like really really wow. weird junk religion uh no i don't i don't know what about you guys anything come to mind with you guys mm. aside from the bacon nativity scene i really just just you know I, but the, i didn't see anything wrong with that one <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't know. I can't recall. You know, uh, Joel Osteen has a new book out, um, but I haven't looked at that yet. It has something to do with uh, Christmas or something or other. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Did, well, didn't, doesn't Rick Warren have, like, a purpose-driven Christmas book? I, I think he does. Yeah, yeah, and I think it, but I think that came out, like, a year or two ago. Yeah, so... so um, but this last year, I don't know, none of the heavy hitters, Hybels, Warren, um, have really come out with, uh, you know, any big... Big books. And McLaren came out with a new book, and that's how we got him on the show. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, but it was so popular, I don't even remember the name of it. Um, but yeah, Prayer of Jabez, Purpose Driven Life, Becoming a Tejas Christian. I don't think anything's paralleled your best life now, anything like those books have done in the past. Well, the royalty checks. And, and isn't the Left Behind in. series, isn't that done now? Is there, is there yeah, any I, more I think I think it's more than done. I, I, I think it's, <laughs> been, it's, it's been raptured, and uh, it's just, it's gone. Well, Jeff, I know you have to go talk to someone important, and, uh, but we thank you. <laughs> and for, you don't, because you're, you're interviewing President Matt Harrison. That's well, right. You know, I, yeah, but you talk to important people. <laughs> anyway, thanks so much for being with us, Jeff. A uh, little shout out for issues, et cetera. What is it? Issues, et cetera. Issues, etc.org, right? You got it. You got All it. Right. And you guys keep up the great work. We love you guys. And Craig, uh, actually, you know, one of my goals for 2011, Bill, is to get to know for you on more than once a year. <laughs> well, that would be good. I thought I just offended he, you guys last time or he, something. He'd love it. No, I no. Know actually, you forgot about the interview last time. Nice. You I remember what? that? Now you, you know Now you know what I put I up where? with. I where? I who? I what? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Exactly. Well, you guys keep up the great work. We appreciate it. And, and uh, thanks so much for having me on. It was an honor and a privilege. Don't, Don't see let you, my up, brother. Jeff. All right, later. Take care. <laughs> Bye-bye. Good to have Jeff on the show with us. Yeah, it sure was. And, and you know, when we were talking about the biggest religious losers, <laughs> we have you, to give a shout-out to your friend and mine, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Joel. Mr. Bacon himself, Joel Osteen. <laughs> yes. What do you have to say? Squeal like a pig. Boy. There it is. There we go. I had to hear that. Just one more one, time, just one. because I was talking. <laughs> Squeal like a pig, farmer. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. 
It just doesn't get better than that. Does hey, uh, let's reach into the mailbag. What do you think? You know, we got some time left. How much time? What do we have? What, We've what got are we got uh, 11 minutes and 13, 12, 11. We ought to be, yeah, no, <laughs> we ought, we ought to be able to, uh, to uh, ring out something out of the, We'll have him read it in his own voice. The God was Dear manly doctors of divinity, <laughs> I have some big questions for you guys, but I know you can handle it. I ran across some Roman Catholics on the web at a certain site which targets Reformed Christians in trying to get them to convert to Roman Catholicism. The site contributors are Reformed converts to Roman Catholicism also now. I started commenting on their site in some ways to be polite and agreeable and clarify some of their misconceptions of the Lutheran Reformation, which they seem to lump in with the whole Reformation and misrepresent at times, like saying Luther merely rebelled and just went off and found his own church, ignoring facts like that the Lutherans tried to debate and discuss with the Roman Catholics. They have raised some decent questions which I'd like to pose to you, one of which being, why subscribe to the Book of Concord if it isn't infallible? And if you say you believe it, what makes you different from any other branch of Christendom? Why should your belief be rated as true above the other groups or denominations? How is your interpretation any different or superior, as it just seems to be the written opinion of like-minded people? They are trying to say the Roman Catholic opinion is superior because of the apostolic succession and magisterium, which, they claim, gives them an infallible interpretive and teaching authority. I've been reading Chemnitz's first volume of the Examination of Trent, but I wanted your take on it and to see if I could tease out any other ideas or explanations from you guys. Sorry if these questions are a little vague and a lot to deal with. Thanks. Brett. Well, Brett, first thing is... You <laughs> it, said, it sounds like Doug the dog from Up. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to... Anyway, squirrel? <laughs> squirrel. Uh, first thing, Brett, is, is you said you were being polite and agreeable. I, I strike one right yeah, there. You're, yeah, you're losing right. <laughs> what kind there. of Lutheran is he? <laughs> Polite and agreeable. Come on, is he Methodist? Well, with only nine and a half minutes left, we, church authority. We've, we've nine got and a half few things minutes to talk about. We here. can handle this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> why is the Book of Concord uh, to be believed if it's not uh, not be beyond any uh, examination or reproach? If well, it's yeah, first of infallible. all, infallible. Yeah. Well, th that's right. The, the, I think there are a number of things here we kind of tweeze a few apart as time permits. Infallible. Um, nobody claims the Book of Concord is infallible. It, I can find a few guys I would. In, infallibility means not capable of error. You know, and, and this is this is a this is a static document. It's not like we ask it questions and it answers us. Uh, this is just a formula. The, the Book of Concord is nothing more than like a really big creed. Now, the Book of Concord does say that garlic juice demagnetizes garlic <laughs> or magnets, and I do believe that. <laughs> <laughs> See, and, and, and you are a true confessional Lutheran. That's right. Yeah, because... Yeah. At least it makes them smell nice, right? Actually, I tried it once just to see. It didn't work. And it's you, still stuck but you to the also fridge. Put, you also put <laughs> you put it's still stuck to the fridge. That's right. <laughs> Do you also put magnets in your marinara sauce or? Uh... I yeah, I can't reveal my secret recipe. I'm sorry. Infallibility is not. That's not a term that's going to be used to describe the Lutheran confessions. Um, we we call them norma normata. Uh, meaning norms that have been normed, uh, so they have been referenced to something else. Kind of like you, you, you buy a ruler at the store, 12 inches. It, it, it is referenced against some National Bureau of Standard platinum glass-encased ruler that is the one-foot standard. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, so the uh, the Book of Concord is is a normed norm. The norming norm, the norma normans, 
is Holy Scripture. That alone is the reference standard. So I'll give you a good illustration from my woodworking shop. Say I want to cut a dozen lengths, a, a, a dozen boards of the same length, and so I measure the first one and cut it. And then I, me- then I take the second cut by marking it off from the first board, and I cut it. Now, with the third board, I have a choice. I can ma- measure it off the second board, or I can go back to the original. If I take it off the second board and cut it and keep doing the same for a dozen, I'm going to have an incremental error. They'll get incrementally longer, right? potentially. But there's going to be an incremental error. Um, I avoid that by always going back to the first one, the original one. And that's really the idea here, is that when we approach the Scriptures and summarize them, we are always going back to the Scriptures as the final sole authority. I mean, we ascribe infallibility to the Scriptures, that is, they cannot err. But but nothing beyond that we give the we give the the um, the status of infallibility. It must be tested against the the gold standard, the proven standard, which is the apostolic and prophetic word. Now let let me make a case here and see how you respond because I've argued with uh, some Roman Catholics on this one also. We are the Church. We gave you the Bible for four hundred and fifty years. There was no canon of Scripture, but the Church had the canon of Scripture, and we're the ones who gave it to you. And we, the Roman Catholic Church, are the ancient church, and therefore we get to declare what is the Bible and what isn't. And so tradition is on a par with Scripture, if not even greater, because the tradition existed before the canon of Scripture. Well, I mean, it's one of, that's one of those things that is that's, it's half true. I mean, <laughs> the Scripture belongs to the Church, and the Church established the canon. That's true. But the Scriptures precede the Church in many ways. Uh, the Old Testament entirely precedes the Church. That's inherited from pre-Christian times. But the Church was established on the day of Pentecost, and the Bible wasn't—none of the books of, of the New Testament were written yet. Right, but but there's the, but this wasn't like a church committee that sat down and said, "Let's write a Bible." How dare you speak against Peter that way? <laughs> these were these were guys who wrote, um, and I mean, yeah, well, the the epistles are all letters occasioned by occasions. Uh, the gospels are summaries of the preaching and teaching of the apostles and, and, and whatnot. And yeah, by the fourth century in the council of Nicaea, decisions had to be made about what's in and what's out, but there's already 300 years of usage that's gone by. And curiously, not uniform usage. There's some books that weren't universally circulated and the like, and there's some books that were kind of borderline. They might've made it. They might not have the shepherd of Hermas, Didache. Right. Those are first century, too. Well, and some that made it, there were still dissenting opinions on some Right. That, that, that's right. Yeah. And so, so it's, it's not true that the church gave us the Bible. Uh, the, 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 the church always had the prophetic and the apostolic word. They had the, the church had the apostles, and it has the written record of the apostles. Um, that doesn't mean that the church validates the scriptures. Rather, the scriptures validate the church. Yeah, and, and this is the problem. See, in Catholicism, church comes before anything. Right. The church is the guarantee. If the church says it, it must be right. Well, and the papacy is the mark that we are the church. And he mentions the two biggies that are always, the two trump cards that are always laid down, apostolic succession, which is, which is entirely an historic question. And, and, I mean, it's a dubious one. It's difficult to establish that anyway, that there's an unbroken chain to the apostles. 
I mean, it, it may have meant something at the time of, say, Irenaeus, but by the time you get to our century, the, 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 the argument is kind of, you know... And, and, and even then, there is no guarantee of succession. There, right. There's nothing that says that there's this mojo of infallibility that is transmitted uh, in this unbroken chain down to us. Uh, same with the magisterium. There's nothing infallible about the church. The church has erred in many occasions. A good book to pick up is called Papal Sins. <laughs> where sins, it's yeah. it's basically a litany of ridiculous things that popes have done and that the church have done at the discretion of popes and well that was and so forth and so on. So I mean, if you want if you want to argue that the pope is infallible, you've got a whole book of probably four hundred pages of of stupid fallible things that fallible sinful humans who occupied that office have done. You know, uh, and a question that's not being asked here is so what? Yeah, um, is true. is it even needed? Uh, it, it would appear from church history, 2,000 years of church history, that the church does have a kind of an immune system to it. Uh, I believe the Reformation is part and parcel of that, so that error is picked up, it's spotted, and, and it's basically uh, refuted using the prophetic and apostolic scriptures as the norming norm. So you, you test things against them, and you find them lacking, and so it, they go. It may take a while, but, uh, but, you know, it's just like having a fever. It doesn't disappear overnight. It, it runs its course. Well, and I would argue that we do have apostolic succession, but not in this lineage kind of way, in that we hold to the teachings of the apostles. But the only way you can know that is to test it against the written record of the teaching of the apostles, right. i.e. the New Testament. Right. So we hold to sola scriptura because this, the Bible alone has the words that we can test all things according to. The, the other thing to... is that, that it, in the Catholic Church, this creates kind of an illusion of authority because, because first of all, the Pope rarely speaks ex cathedra. Yeah, it's happened and a it, couple of times, but not It's much. very rare. Because it creates a big rumpus. They've been trying to get one of the popes to say something about women's ordination, ex cathedra, because it would close it forever. Mm-hmm. And, and there's enough political pressure to say, don't do that. Okay, so they, they silence the pope. Uh, the other thing is it doesn't guarantee any unity other than unity under the pope. If you look under the hood of the Catholic Church, every single kind of sect, heresy, and opinion that exists in Protestantism, from conservative to liberal, exists under the hood of the Catholic Church. Oh, yeah. The only thing that unites them is they're all under the pope. Right, right. So if you get the Jesuits and the Franciscans together and the Dominicans— They've they, got charismatics. They they've don't got, agree. They, they've got—you know, they, it's as much of a circus as the— ten. 10,000 or whatever divisions of Protestantism. Right. And, and so, you, you know, finally and ultimately, it is, it is the believer in the community of the whole church listening not only to his contemporaries, but what the church has said before. And that's where tradition comes in. You don't ignore what's been said before. Norming everything against that first cut, and that is the apostolic scriptures. And that's the only guarantee of apostolicity. Well, there, I don't think that uh, you can say a whole lot more about it. And I'm trying to get the Jesus is a friend of mine to work here, but <laughs> yeah, I see for some struggling. reason we've got issues. There, <laughs> there it is. It is. <laughs> now Great we're over time. <laughs> we'll see you next time on the God Whispers. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. I have a friend in Jesus. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. He taught me how to live my life as it should be. He taught me how to turn my cheek when people laugh at me. I've had friends before, and I can tell you that. He's one who will never leave you flat.